Welcome all you rotten peaches. This is Arnie with my co-host K-Dub and A-B. Hey, hey. This is your newest True Kind podcast coming out of you from middle Georgia. I think you just said coming out of you. I did. (laughs) Right off the bat, you're going to know that this is going to be a dirty, dirty podcast. Mm -hmm. No holds barred. Definitely adult listening only. So if you got kids in the car, might want to give them the earmuffs or just turn it up. Yeah, yeah, you know, lean in or lean out. Yeah, Yeah. I believe in exposure. Yeah, I mean, don't don't say you weren't warned. (laughs) Do not listen to this at work unless you hate your job and want to get fired. Mm. Like Mm. me. Probably not a good podcast for church. Yeah, no. Mm. No. Other than that, wide open. Wide open. (laughs) So, uh, AB and K Dub here. I'm K Dub. And I'm AB. We're sister friends. The best of sister friends. Arnie, we found on the side of the road. Yeah. So, but he's all right. Yeah. It's all right. But he, he meshes well. So you guys are <laughs> going to love him. We are all super fans of true crime. We. Long time. Oof. Yeah. We read it. Mm-hmm. We watch it. We listen to it. We just don't live it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. None of us here are convicted felons for murder or attempted well, murder that yeah, I yeah, know yeah. of. No, you're right. I don't yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's AB fair. might be. I don't we know. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know each other that well, but um, stay tuned. You may find out oh. some things. Depending on how this podcast goes, one of us might. Yes, we might. That's you fair. Never know. <laughs> we are all working out the kinks, so please bear with us. Yes. We're going to continue to just get better and better as time goes. Amen. Be patient and be entertained. So, Arnie, you want to get us started and tell us what we're going to be talking about today. All right. So, our first story comes out of Conyers, Georgia. It is an area that is southeast of Atlanta. Um, not too big, not too small. I think it's like, what, 25, 30,000 people population. Not really sure. Didn't really check that up. So, don't quote me on that. Don't Sounds really care. good. We're great um, at research. <laughs> <laughs> The, the story that we're talking about happened back in 2010, so that was 11 years ago. Um, Shut your mouth. Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense No, at it all. doesn't. <laughs> um, it's a story of some, how sometimes the people you love the most are the ones that are going to hurt you the most. So Amen. it's that classic tale of mm-hmm. keep your enemies close and your friends closer. Or was it the other way around? not really sure. I mean, it depends on how you live your yeah. life, but I've heard it the other way around. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's value in both. <laughs> so the, uh, the victim of our story, we'll go ahead and jump into that, is Miss Jarmecca Nikki Whitehead. She was born on April 18th, 1975, unfortunately to her mother while her mother was in prison. Nikki was sent to live with her grandmother and during her teen years, she was known to stray from the straight and narrow path. Eventually she ended up with pregnant with twin girls, Jasmiah Whitehead and Tasmiah Whitehead, who will be known from Jazz and Taz from here on out. The twins ended up living with their great-grandma, Nikki's grandmother, for about 12 years. Nikki had always wanted to have the girls with her, give them a better life, and in 2006, the girls and Nikki moved in with Nikki's boyfriend, Robert. This was not a good move. The girls were in high school and moving 20 minutes away to a new high school and having to start over. As we all know, moving in high school sucks. That's a terrible thing. Twice in high school. Yeah, Yeah, I did it once. It's awful. Starting over, new friends, clicks in high school. I started. High school sucks. One freshman year, one school. New school, sophomore year. Back to the old school, junior year. Never got any easier. Don't forget that summer school year. Which time? 
Oh, wow. Thanks for calling me out. All right, wow. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. So stability Ooh. is important is what we've gathered from yes, this. Because so, was, was they were 13 at this point. So just imagine yeah. being a 13-year-old girl, all you ladies out there. It's a rough time. And on top of that, it doesn't sound like there was a lot of stability from the beginning. Right. So right. it's just more and more confusion, more and more mixing things up. Yeah. Every kid needs some kind of stability. Yeah, it goes Agreed. back to that nature-nurture yes. thing. Yes. Is, you know, 100%. is it nature, is it nurture, is it a mix? I, I think on this case, it's definitely a mix. I completely agree. Two. And just to add a little side note, as always, we want to be respectful of everybody. We're not 100% sure we've got all the pronunciations of these names correct. We've done as much research as we can, so please bear with us, um, yeah, as far as pronunciations of names. And if you want to correct us, you can please yell at your it. phone. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> we'll, hear We'll you. listen. <laughs> Don't add us, please. Because it'll be after even, the release of the podcast. You don't even know where to add us yet. <laughs> We did that Stay on purpose. Stay tuned for that, too. <laughs> so while they were in high school, we're going to move on with this yes, story. Yes. Taz and Jazz obviously having trouble in their new high school, which obviously reverberated back to the home life with Nikki. So Nikki was having a hard time with the girls. The girls felt they were too strict, and they began to resent her for this. Um, they, you know, at, at their original high school, they were honor roll students involved in Girl Scouts to eventually dropping out of Girl Scouts dropping off the honor roll that's a clear sign of something's going wrong yep. um nikki was accusing the girls of being sexually active and smoking marijuana and the twins were accusing her of being a hypocrite saying that nikki herself drank and smoked and had her own troubles growing up which yeah. right there that's a mm -hmm. big issue when yes. you are doing something that you don't want your kids to do. Yep. Now I know mm -hmm. as an adult you can do what you want, but you gotta be. A but role in your model. own time, you gotta right. be an example. You gotta be a role right. model for your children. Because they see everything. Mm -hmm. And they everything. see more than you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. As a parent of two kids, they pick up every little. They do. Fucking thing. They do. You do. They do. <laughs> First children are carbon copies of her. So yeah, I would say so. And that is not a good thing. It has its moments. Wow. <laughs> so, guys, if you feel like I'm getting ganged up on, it's probably going to happen a lot. So, pity you is welcome. Just Thank called you. me out for summer school, <laughs> so there's not a lot of pity. <laughs> I thought you were proud of that, but moving on. I'm going to jump in so. here. So, we talked about how hard it was for high school, swapping schools, getting brand new sets of friends, dealing with different teachers. It's hard. We all know that it's hard. And we know that a lot of psychologists strongly advise not to move your child during high school. Between this move and the fact that the girls were already starting to resent their mom for everything they had accused her of, things started to come to a boil. It's known that Nikki and the girls fought constantly. It's in every article. Every family member will tell you. The first incident that would lead down the path of many more incidents is when Nikki took away Taz's cell phone. Then Nikki found out that Jazz snuck out in the middle of the night to see her boyfriend and Nikki was clearly losing control of the girls and was starting not to be able to remain the authority figure. The police were called to the Whitehead house numerous times. One particular time of note on June 28, 2008, the police were called after another blowout between Taz, Jazz and Nikki. When the police arrived, the girls said they just wanted to go live with their great grandmother, Della, where the rules were not as strict. The responding officer, Mia Scrubs, said that after talking to the girls and Nikki and calming everybody down, she had a very uneasy feeling about the situation. The girls said they were going to go to bed, so Scruggs left. 
However, she couldn't shake the feeling that something was off or that something bad was going to happen. Listening to her gut instinct, Officer Scrubs decided to hang around the neighborhood instead of just leaving. Turns out her intuition was correct because within five minutes of leaving the Whitehead house, Nikki came running out of the house screaming on the phone with 911. When Officer Scrubs asked what was going on, Nikki claimed the girls attacked her the second that she left. However, Taz and Jazz told a completely different version. They claimed that because they wanted to leave, Nikki beat them and said they weren't going to go anywhere. Then again, the physical evidence didn't back up these claims at all. Officer Scruggs was quoted as saying, She had scratches on her neck, scratches on her chest, and she was hysterical. The girls, on the other hand, had no marks on them, no indication that they had been in any kind of altercation. After talking to them, I didn't believe a thing the girls had said. You could have been two strangers and there would have been more emotion shown, end quote. After this, the girls were arrested with a judge calling them ungovernable. They were all ordered to undergo family counseling and the girls were placed back in great-grandmother Della's care. In late 2009, the girls were accused in juvenile court of truancy and running away from home. On January 5th, 2010, Nikki regained custody as part of a two-week trial period. So, that's, that's a lot. That is a that lot. That is a lot. I mean... I'll give it up to Officer Scruggs for staying around. I know. Uh, what kind of intuition I know. was that? Because yep. imagine what would have happened yep. had she not. Who the knows? story could have stopped right there. I mean, right the story could have stopped right there, yep. yeah. Um, but for the mother to go through that, that's not, I mean, kudos to all the parents out there. I know how hard it is. But when you have kids in their teenage years, I know. I was a teenage boy. I was a shithead. Oh, I was yeah. I was awful. a complete yeah. <laughs> shithead to my parents. I was an angel. So. But. She's not even joking. She well, was an angel. <laughs> I had to be with you in the house. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> There's always an angel in the Somebody, show. yeah, There's somebody always, had to stay yeah. grounded. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, kudos for her mom for, for still trying to, even after this incident, after, after this incident, she still wanted the kids, and mm-hmm. she still wanted her daughters. You know, you know how easy it would have been for her to just, for walk, just walk away, away. from exactly. the beginning? From, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. So, I mean, I give and it And the up. girls, you know, they're too young to appreciate that. That's the tough part. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, if they would have had the chance, really, to look back on this with a clear mind, I feel like they would realize that. The right. situation that their mom was in, it was huge for her to stick around. But that's just a tough thing to overcome. And then when, you've got a parent with, with two kids that are the same age. And we know being siblings, like we're mm-hmm. super duper close. I can only imagine twins are even more close. And you've got one parent against two children. So if they mm-hmm. are angry and they did instigate a fight, you're literally fighting off two teenagers at the same time. Yeah. Like, and they gang up. Right. I yeah. mean, even, right. Uh, I mean, I don't have a twin, but I can imagine if you have a twin sister or twin brother, it's oh, e- yeah. that much easier to gang up on other uh, siblings or your parents i'm never more angry than if someone comes after my sister so yeah. i can't you can say whatever you want to me just just so you guys know but um yeah. if you say anything about a b you know <laughs> exactly yeah, i'll throw and down really if you think about the psychology of these twins they're in a place where like you said they don't understand the gravity of the situation they don't understand mm-hmm. their mom's struggle as well so if they feel like they've right. been wronged and you're in a time where puberty's hitting and your emotions are at an all-time high yes that man dangerous concoction yes yes 100% so after that two week trial period or during the two week trial period on January 13th of 2010 a frantic 911 call was made Taz and Jazz claimed that they came home from school and they found their mother Nikki in the bathtub covered in blood they 
you know, police came over. Police had their suspicions of the girls right from the beginning. They showed complete lack of empathy, and they had just found their mother dead in the bathroom. Um, they would cry, but there were no tears. And we all know that cry. Where oh, yeah. It, mm. It's that fake cry. Mm-hmm. And Give me it's sympathy. Awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, during the ride from the house to the police station, uh, it was noted that Taz was biting her arm. Uh, when they got to the station, she was asked why. She just claimed that she did it when she got upset. Uh, keep that in mind, people. Uh, when the girls were asked on who did this, the girls offered up that Nikki had two boyfriends. Two boyfriends? I can't speak. <laughs> and maybe it was a love triangle gone bad. The twins said they had overheard Robert confront a guy, confront Nikki about a guy named Joe, and offered that he may have confronted her again about this. While the police were investigating this avenue, they were able to rule out the girl's birth father as he was a suspect, as a suspect, as he was in Canada at the time of the murder. And for the record, we could find nothing about this father. It seems like he was not involved from the get-go. He was not, which, not speaking on that one way or another, but he, this is the only time he comes into the story is when he was questioned. About his alibi. Right, and immediately dismissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty strong alibi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Being in another I'll, country. I was in Canada. That'll do so, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back at the police station, the detectives were starting to see some more questionable behavior and comments from the girls. In a quiet interrogation room, a comment catches Detective Ken Swift off guard. Quote, these two girls were hugging each other in each other's arms. And when I said, what can I do to make this easier for you? They turned and looked at me and they said, can we watch CSI? What the fuck? <laughs> Immediately, the hairs on the back of my neck stood straight up. Same. Essentially, mm. it was right then that it was like, okay, this is something. You know, something was very, very off, end quote. Mm. During the interview, the girls, the detectives observed the twins wearing gloves. Asked about a scratch, one of the girls said that they got in a fight with the other. While the girls were telling their story to the police, the crime scene investigators, however, were at the house finding boatloads of evidence and clues to the murder of Nikki. Mm, I want to watch CSI. I just want to get a little more right? information about how I can get away with this, if you yeah. don't mind, just real quick. That's, oh that, my gosh. Uh, kids are so stupid. Your brains aren't it's formed like, yet. You're not... Right, but like, don't you know better than that? I just... I mean, of all the things... Like SpongeBob, you want to be better received, right? You want to well, be they, comforted. They, always, by they always say that like <laughs> they can tell like who's the murderer, who's not, because the murderer is the one that sleeps. Amen. The one, you know, because they they just yeah. not there at all. Which and, is and my mom just terrifying. died. But can I watch clips of more murders, please, to make yeah. me feel better? Yeah, I don't. That'll that, lift that my spirits. Speaks to some psychology yeah. on its own. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So back at the house in Taz's bedroom. They found the most important and most macabre piece of the Myrtle puzzle. They found a shoebox with a pair of brown boots. There was a significant amount of blood on these boots. However, inside of the boots was the most interesting find. They found a clump of hair. Mm. This wasn't just inside. This was crammed and stuffed down into the toe of the boots. I mean, first of all, you've got a pair of boots with blood on inside of a box yeah can, can, yeah can we just stop there you um, don't <laughs> you don't go oh well these these boots are real bloody i'm just gonna put them back in the yeah. box where they came from yeah, that's weird i'm just gonna try and oh. you know just and throw then a them clump in of hair, hair. A clump of hair yeah. 
And, and that's what the police are thinking. Like, you know, yeah, clumps of hair are going to be normal. House full of girls. Uh, yeah, hair's going to be everywhere. Sure. I clog my drain every day. Yeah. I was about to ask. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this hair was wrapped in a napkin and stuffed into mm. the toe. So obviously this is not just normal shedding of your Right. And, and, and listen, guys, if you just would have, like, taken the bloody gloves off or maybe wiped your hands a little bit, no one would have ever looked inside the brown boot shoebox. But I'd again, just like to point that out. you're talking about children. Right. I know. Right. It's just, it seems so obvious, but in yeah, retrospect, yeah, here right. we are. Right. 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 So while this evidence, the investigators began to realize that it was probably no former boyfriend, husband mm-hmm. who carried out this murder. Right. The killers were right under the noses. The girls' lies began to unravel further when detectives retraced their movements on the day of the murder. The twins told the police they missed the bus to school, had to walk. They said they left at 7.30 a.m. Been there. However, surveillance video from a nearby gas station shows the twins did not walk to school that day. They actually hitched a ride from a stranger. Police Captain Jackie Dunn said that they were able to determine that they arrived there around mid-morning. And they had told us that they were only about 10 minutes late for school. They also had surveillance video from the high school confirming the time of their arrival. Like something else to think about maybe, but again, we're talking about children. Right. People, people can confirm these things very easily. And think about the desperation to just hitch a ride with a complete stranger because you're not thinking clearly and you're just doing anything you can to get out of that situation and where you're supposed to be. Imagine that stranger being that stranger. Oh, and looking back. Could you imagine? mm. You think you're just picking up two little girls who need a ride to school and they tell you they missed their bus Uh. and you later find out that they just murdered their mom. And they're going to school as if nothing happened. Right. Right. Why don't pick up strangers, kids? Yeah. Stranger danger. Stranger (laughs) danger. Amen. That's why you also know that you you don't know anybody's story. Yeah. You might think somebody walking down the side of the road is Mm -hmm. completely innocent or young or what, but you never know. Yeah. That's terrifying. The further that this story begins to unravel, the twins become more aggressive and more confrontational in this interrogation room. At this point, the detectives separate the twins. I feel like they should have done from the beginning. Right, me too. <laughs> Putting them Usually in. Usually they would. Yeah. I, would think. I mean, I've, I've I watched thought enough. I so too. Right. <laughs> true crime I feel like we stuff. all have seen that. I mean, maybe it's them giving them the benefit of the doubt that something happened to their Well, they, I don't think they were mom. suspects at that time. Right, that may, right. That may be the only caveat. And they gave them caveat. some comfort, yeah. you know, right. like to, to right. stay with each That's other. That's the only caveat. But you have to treat everyone as a, a potential That's suspect. True. That's why they're there. You know, they're there to either get information as a witness or a suspect. You don't want to think that some kids. Like, no, you don't. You're you right. Know. And you'll find a way to justify it and, and say it's not them. I mean, that's And we'll find a way that's sitting normal. here now reading a story oh, yeah. knowing that, like, oh, in retrospect, it was so yeah. simple. But, <laughs> right. Monday see, night quarterback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't football. Um, <laughs> right. Sports ball. So they Backspeed <laughs> driver. Sports <laughs> ball. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna We're going to get I'm, you there. I'm going to hit the ball with the thing, get in the net. Right. <laughs> that's literally all I know. I don't understand. Um, But yeah, the detectives finally separate the girls. They put them in different interrogation rooms, and this seems to work because very quickly, the girls start to wear down. They don't admit anything, and with only circumstantial evidence, the twins are released to their great-grandmother. Which is exactly what they wanted, by the the way. Right. Right. From the beginning of the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The girls, not the police. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just the they (laughs) reference. Sorry. (laughs) 
So for the next four months, Taz and Jazz lead a normal life. They go to school. They hang out with their friends. They even attend their prom. Ooh. Meanwhile, police are watching, waiting, testing the evidence. They're just quietly building their case, seeing what they can find. As Captain Dunn is quoted as saying, quote, we found items in the closet that had blood on them. And so when we're trying to distinguish whose blood, you cannot determine between the twins because, of course, they have the same DNA. That was not his exact quote. He said because they have the same DNA, end quote. <laughs> I went off script a little bit. <laughs> but if you'll remember how Taz was biting her arm on the way to the police yep. station, dun, dun, dun. Well, <laughs> police took pictures of this bite mark at the precinct, and it showed there were two sets of teeth indentions. Police compared the bite mark to Nikki's dental records, and what do you know? It's a match. Well, damn. Mm. To further incriminate the twins, Nikki also had hair stuck in her teeth, which was oh proven to be one of the twins. God. Just... Can we for a second? Oh, yeah. I don't want to, but she we, has we can. The, we need to. I feel, <laughs> I feel like everyone out there needs a moment. Yeah, let's absorb she some information. She has the hair of one of the twins in her teeth. Like stuck in her teeth. Right. So not she, just like in her mouth. Yeah. Not just like, you know, fell yeah. out on her face. It literally in her teeth had teeth marks in one of their arms which means she wasn't just trying to get away she she was fighting for her life she bit hair how desperate do you have i mean you're just biting and just literally fighting fighting anything that's yes that's that animal instinct kicking in that's hard you go after that gives me chills so yeah i just needed a a moment no that's fine (laughs) Uh, so cops quickly start zeroing in on what appears to be uh, two pretty little liars. And on the last day of school, right before summer break, with enough probable cause, detectives arrest Taz at her home and Jazz at Rockdale High School. The twins are both charged with felony murder and aggravated assault in their mother's death. Police didn't quite understand what the motive was, but they were about to hear a truly shocking story. The identical oh twin sisters are caught in so many lies and so much evidence. The 16-year-old girls are hauled off to jail, but they are, they're not saying anything because, you know, they weren't allowed to watch CSI. They don't know how to defend themselves. <laughs> After nearly four years of awaiting trial, they finally come forward with That's a, insanity, oh, you know, by the way. Just, just four, four just, entire just four years. years. Just waiting four years and not saying oh anything gosh. and not any trial. And this is pre-pandemic, so four right. years in right. the court system waiting for a trial. Thank you. And you wonder if that's on the prosecutor side, if they don't have enough evidence, or is it just right. the courts are that backlogged? It seems like there's years. a lot of it's evidence. Not, right. Yeah. You right. know, that's the frustrating part. That's, and just... That's yeah. That's definitely frustrating for the victim's family. You have yes. evidence, but you but these girls don't break in four years. They right. don't break. They, and, they give and again, nothing. they're children. So oh my god. So you're gosh. not going to go as hard as you would. They're with evil. an adult, right? How right. how do you have the strength, the mental strength, to just? But I think it's because there's two of them, and they can feed, feed off, off each, of each other. other. That's feed true. Feed off each other, but they I don't know if they were in prison together. Because if they weren't in prison together, they I don't have each other. I think initially they were, but yeah. it wasn't long before they were separated. Yeah. But not, yeah, Smart not for, the, not for the four years right. that right. they were right. in prison mm-hmm. together. But then they're but not going to be that the goes in, speak. Well, that goes yeah. into the psychology, and by no means, yes. we are not psychologists in this room. I right. am. I'm never been that clear. But to go four years, not saying the thing, you haven't gone to trial, you're not guilty, you're not you're not guilty, you're, you know, innocent right. before right. proven guilty type thing. Yeah. You haven't said one thing. Nothing. That could either A, help your case, or B, save your ass and throw your sister. I mean, I'm all for 
you know, but me, me it, before you type thing. I'm going to say my ass before I say but yours. But if it were type. us, I would go down but, before I would let you go down. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't have hands a down. So. Right. But There's no way. my thing is, okay, let's just everyone take a moment and think about how many true crime stories we've heard, shows we've watched, documentaries, you name it, doesn't matter. We absorb they it tell into the daily news. Oh. <laughs> that was a microphone. Beep. Stay with us. <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> That'll be edited if we know how to work the equipment. <laughs> so, as I was saying, um, so if you just consider all of the things you've read, seen, heard, everything, they tell somebody. There's always somebody out there that people other. tell. They don't have to tell anybody else. They yeah, told, they it's know. like they had that part mm-hmm. satisfied. But that also brings so they're you to good. The, the, yeah. psych- I mean, the, the psychological, yeah. you know, yeah. psychopath, sociopath type. Because, you know, Ted Bundy, Dahmer, they didn't tell anybody. Right. You know? So then it you know, brings you, you get back to that to, deep, deep place. Yeah. The special one yeah. out there. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, they didn't, yeah. they didn't tell anybody, but... You but know, maybe it did here. help them because they did have each other. You right. know, that's another part of they that. Somebody else yeah. was suffering with them exactly. that was going through it with them. But that goes back to what you were saying about nature versus nurture. This wasn't all nurture. There's some nature. No, in there's, here. Yeah, there is. There's got to be. Yeah. And there you is. Know, I'm not saying that they had a perfect life, and we right. have no. And we're not saying that anybody who has a life that they did will grow up to be right. like exactly. them. By any Absolutely, means. Not. exactly. But you know, it's just it's crazy, and I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> it is. So they, they finally confess. Okay, four years in, they finally confess. And Jazz is quoted as saying, I think I picked up a knife and I stabbed her. I think I stabbed her in the stomach. It was multiple times. Taz was quoted as saying, I think I had her hands and Jazz her feet. It's kind of like a joint effort. She was heavy. We just put her in the tub. And the water was turned on. And a detective asked at this point, quote, at some point in time that morning, you did realize that morning that your mom was dead. And Taz responds, yeah. But the question remains, what really happened that dark day in January? By their account, they were up until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, Captain Dunn is quoted as saying. They didn't want to keep up. They didn't want to get up when they were awakened to go to school by their mother. And I think that's what sparked the attack, the confrontation. And then they killed their mother, and then they spent a couple of hours fabricating parts of the crime scene and cleaning it up. And when they went to school, and then they went to school so that they would have an alibi, end quote. Mm. Detectives. You, you were asked to get up from school. I just yeah. want everyone to. You like, were literally asked to do the only thing you have to do to, as a teenager. As to get up and go to school. Your only responsibility. Right. You shouldn't even have to be asked at that age. At 13, you sh- 14 years old. You should just old, be up. Should be right. get and up. getting yourself dressed yep. up. You shouldn't be staying up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning either. Thank you. Right. And that's, 13, 14 that's how she died. It's just. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Being a parent. Detectives said that they found a journal in the home that revealed a premeditated plan to murder their mother for some time. The girls would actually write back and forth to each other on how much they disliked their mother, Captain Dunn stated, even to the point that they said in their writings that if they didn't get rid of her soon, they weren't going to be able to. Wow. That is, uh, whew. that's hard. And well, I'm never going to look at my kids the same. So. <laughs> that's, why, <laughs> that's why parents snoop through your rooms, kids. It's, it's exactly I would never. Right. God. Because of that. It's not even. No, it's, I mean. Yeah. Not, not that 
a, a violent reaction or an overreaction is a justification. But we've all been so angry about something that I want to kill you. Snap. Right, I, exactly. I hate you. I want to yeah. kill you. And I as wish teenagers, you were dead. we say that yeah. all, say the time. all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we, after the fact, you look back and you'll even laugh. Like, like wow, you know, it's ridiculous. Really or, yeah. I but mean, you wake me up early out. from a nap and I'm going to freak out. Straight so. up. Yeah. I'll, I'll be but ready to, to throw hands. But to write it out into planet and to talk back and forth. Yes. Like, and keep it, in your, keep it in your journal. It's one thing and to say, look I at her to every day. Mom, I hate her. It's another thing to be like, yeah. well, let's talk about how we could make that happen. Yeah. That, that's and if we don't do it soon, we're not going to be able to. Right. right. That's too much insight. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I you know, I might have wanted to kill my mom a couple times, but I didn't like write a plan out. Did we? Mm, pretty sure we did. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we're still good. All right. Carry on. The detectives knew that this was an act of rage. The girls had planned for this event. They believed that Nikki never stood a chance in the savage attack. The bloody path even extends to outside the home, suggesting that Nikki managed to possibly get away from the girls. But then they ended up dragging her back inside to finish her off. This is the part that I have the hardest time with. At some point, Detective Dunn stated, Nikki escaped, made it to the house next door. And when we interviewed that residence, he recalled somebody yelling and he heard someone ring his doorbell. He was in bed at the time. He just didn't get up to investigate. We could see where Nikki's bare feet exited and re-entered through that door in blood. So we would surmise that she was pulled back into that house where the attack resumed, end quote from Detective Dunn. And listen, if I'm at home by myself as somebody with severe anxiety, I don't want to answer the door. Amen. I, I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care why you're here. I'm I don't want to answer the door. I'm just going to stare at you and have 911 on I'm my gonna, phone, and then I'm going to hit send, mm-hmm. like dial the moment that you, my bed. you look I'm sideways. Not, I get it, yeah. but I cannot imagine... <laughs> First of all, the desperation to get that far away and to feel like you're safe oh my God. and then to get pulled yeah. back in. But then from the neighbor's point of view to, to know be that person that you could have helped. Yeah. I can't. And no blame on that person. Oh, like you said, no. absolutely not. I'm sure that they have enough on their that. own. Right. right. And not that oh. they should. I mean, a stranger was at their door you sounding know. panicked. It could be crazy. They could right. be a hundred different things. But That's I can't imagine her getting that far place. away and getting back into it. That is that is yeah. the hardest part of this whole thing. And then go me. back to the hair and the teeth. Right. I just, right. I can't fathom it. Would you like me to continue? So once they get back in the house, mm-hmm. the heinous assault continues. The girls smashed their mother over the head with a pot, <sighs> stabbed her with a kitchen knife and choked her with the ribbon of the metal. Oh, if that's not irony, I don't know what right. it is. After that is when they drug her body into the tub and left her to die. So they smash her over the head with a pot, stab her with a kitchen knife, choke her with a ribbon of a metal. And they, they and they earned. planned that, right. apparently. So, and then they just left her to die. Yeah, they just threw her in the tub. Well, which, I'm not... After complaining about how heavy she was. I'm not saying that, like, they should have... Just, like, what, but, but then you let her suffer on top of it. You didn't right. even... Right. Yeah. Okay. So in the recording of the confession, a detective asks Jazz what Nikki said when she was in the tub. Jazz's quote is from her mom saying, kill me now or I'll kill y'all, end quote. Which, can you blame her? I mean. So the detective says, quote, what happened then, end quote. Jazz says, quote, she went under a couple of times and that was it. End quote. So they were even passive in the murdering. Yeah. yeah. 
So Dunn says, quote, I'm sure that their confession was self-interested, which, of course. Quote, they were looking out for themselves and had been coached by attorneys, and they said enough to live up to their part of the plea, end quote. Mm. So we fast forward as part of the deal, the state, you know, in order to avoid avoid trial. More trial, because this has been for years going on. Right. Yeah, this was, what, four years after the uh, Yeah, right. Yeah. They both, Taz and Jazz, pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter in April and were each sentenced to 30 years in prison. Not which, long enough. Right. I they was were, just going to say, in my opinion, no, not long yeah, enough it at all. No, yeah, definitely wasn't long I mean, enough. And I get that they're children, and I know the psychology is a lot different, but... Again, That's a hell of a plea yeah. deal. Premeditated. Can we talk about that? Beat the hell out of her, and then just let her suffer and until no she went out. And no remorse. And you stayed quiet for four years, so mm-hmm. you didn't even You didn't You could have put this to bed. Yeah. Yes. The The... The girls were also charged. I found a little more information just now on how they were charged. They got 20 years for the murder. They got five years for making false statements to the police and five years for possessing a knife during a crime. So technically, okay, so that's they disgusting. Got 20 years awesome. for murdering mm-hmm. their mother, stabbing the person her. who fought to take care of. Yeah, them. from what from what we can tell. Right. She might not have been perfect. No parent is. 20 but years. She didn't deserve that. Nobody years. fucking that's deserves that. 20 years. And listen, I'm, I'm that makes 80 me times she was stabbed. 80 right. times. Right. I don't know if we hit that point, but we she didn't. was stabbed 80 times in the lung, jugular, and back of the neck, and her spinal cord was severed. Severed. 20 Can you years. Imagine the anger. That's exactly that is, what That oh is a rage fueled yes. murder. That is yep. passion. That is what they, you know, what they say a passion in, killing. Yeah, but in 20 years in prison, they'll be excellent productive citizens of society and it'll be time for them to get out well, i mean I, I'm nonsense all, i'm all for re- rehabilitation Think that's what i was gonna i'm all say. for rehabilitation 100 percent if 100% it's possible jail systems are insane if but it's yeah possible. that's exactly right yeah. there are some people and yep i'm not one to say i know all everything about everybody but you stabbed your mother 80 times you pre-planned and it. you're gonna your be, mom your your mom yeah in, in 20 years yeah you're gonna be fine yeah, I don't think to so. Be a, also, a functioning member. Of let society. me just throw in this I'm little extra tidbit. But um, a medical examiner actually ruled at some point that every single one of these wounds were survivable if she had been treated, if Nikki had been treated and not left in the bathtub. So even after all of these terrible things, she literally that these kids bled could out. Done, if she hadn't just bled mm. out and drowned, she could have been saved. So there's an extra layer of cruelty there. Yeah. That just yeah. Mm, Wow. Mm. So if you think about it, by the time that they serve these 30-year sentences, they're going to be in their 40s with they still all have the life, of life ahead of them. Yeah, arguably half of their still life ahead. Still to have their own children, mm. even. Terrifying. Yeah, their they're release date's 2040. That's, That's 19 crazy. years from now. Yeah, crazy. 19 years from today. That's scary. And they are all of us. Being separately jailed. Yes. Which makes no it doesn't really make me feel much better yeah (laughs) taz is currently incarcerated at the pulaski state prison and jazz is currently incarcerated at the arendelle state prison release date of may 19th 2040 for both girls crazy and i know jazz graduated high school while she was in prison Correct. right yeah, so, so at least there was some motivation showing, there and that's the thing like i don't i mean I'm i don't think we could that. find anything I'm, on what they've done while I in prison I found, yeah. yeah but if they are able to prove to the parole board that they are a functioning member of society, they can right. 
contribute to the betterment of society mm-hmm. and they get paroled, by all means, I'll support them. Right. I mean, yeah, I will support. Yeah, I'm not the one to say. But at the right. same yeah. time, do I'm I skeptical. personally think yeah. that they would be able to do that? Doesn't seem like it. Know. It would take a lot yeah. of convincing. And then on the other hand, they are, they were children. Your brain That's, is in poorly formed. Yep. You know, you're, they what they signed to say what twenty one now is right. when your brain is one hundred percent, which is scary because they're in prison brain. when that's happening. So, so they're right. not that's a you have to wonder that right. society versus what's your outside influence? society. Right. So and how difficult is that transition? Yeah. I mean, we've all heard some of us seen it personally with people close to us. That's it yeah. is not easy, it's, and it, it, in, it rarely goes well. Right. Five right. years is not an easy transition. Right. Right. 20, Thirty years, exactly. You go in when you're 14 years old. You're coming out when you're 44. Couldn't imagine. I mean, just imagine, not even from just being able to function in society. How much has changed in those exactly. 30 years? You look back 30 years from today. What was our technology like? Politically, what was I was, politically, I was barely yes, alive. I don't like, know. Amen <laughs> to that. I'm the oldest. I was. I'm not gonna get my age you were, right, but I was. You were barely in elementary, in elementary school. school, so you didn't know either. So we don't know. So but, any of you older people out there, let us know. But I mean, just but, from I the mean, time that we were their age yeah, to now, is absolutely. Crazy. The, yeah, it right. is. Yeah. I mean, we grew up on typewriters and doing homework and, and encyclopedias. Phone line so, when you wanted to uh-huh. AOL and chat DSL with somebody. Oh my gosh! Yes, the the whole the dial-up sound. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's straight madness. And now so, I can click my phone two times and I'm right where I want to be. So. Yeah. Voodoo? So, I mean, just imagine. I mean, I know in 2010 there was technology out and everything, but they were 13, yeah. 14 years old. They're going into prison. They're in prison. Mm-hmm. They'll be 44 when they get released. If not sooner, for good it, behavior. Yeah. You, yeah, you have to worry about yeah. that. I mean, can they fool people enough? Have they learned how to just fool people? Because had they just tried to fool people I then? I so because they couldn't fool people then. They couldn't they fool didn't people. Fool yeah. Well, they didn't have any empathy. It's like, right. could have you right. learned to just... And can you learn empathy? Be more emppathetic? I don't know about that. Fake it, but right. you That's can't to your core, part. but yeah. How yeah. well can I mean, you fake em- it now? You can regret. Is. Who have you been exposed to in prison? It- Taz exactly. and Jazz. Who are your role models yeah. at that point? Yeah, let's talk about that. I, f- it, I feel like empathy is a hard thing to learn. It is. If it's not in you, in yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's not in you, I just feel like it's not in you. That's but you can try to... And again, there are exceptions to every rule, and we're not here to speak on right. anybody's experience, but... Difficult to imagine. look at it on paper, it, it hurts. It does. Yeah. It really does. And that's all that we have. It's not like anyone's right. ever met them and... You know, and then you, you wonder about their friends. The you wonder if there. anybody ever questioned anything or noticed anything, or if I anybody know. sits back with retrospect and goes, "Oh, I could have seen," you know, or did, yeah. Was and in in a lot of cases, you get that. I mean, you right. do get that kind of perspective from different people and what they were viewed like by their family members, by school, you know. But you have to assume that they're. They had a good reputation because right. we talked about them being on the honor roll. They were in Girl Scouts. You I don't mean, just fall into the honor roll. Right. <laughs> you work hard. Speak and, for yourself. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some of us are super smart. Not me. I worked hard for my age. Thank you very much. I'm offended. On the honor roll. I graduated with a. 2.9 Listen. and I was pissed they went around it up to a 3.0 <laughs> yeah. give me that fucking sash I was look I was on honor roll until like puberty hit and I just gave a shit about nothing so you I'm know? a nerd and well, I know. was damn near a 4.0 but, but you're better for it so but, you, but you're right the fact that they're on the honor roll they were yeah they, they were, were working doing well and, and 
I don't know a lot of it can go back, you know, if a psychologist or someone looks at it and says the broken home situation, right. the Absolutely. moving of high school, mm-hmm. the, the change in parenting from their great-grandma to their mom. I yes. mean, we're products you know. of multiple divorces. Our parents have yeah. been divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried of, of broken many families. different times. It yeah. has an effect. Oh, yeah. 100%. And every situation has always been different. That's the... That's the crazy part. It's a different dynamic every single time a family splits. So, and when did it stop affecting you, or does it still affect you? I mean, well, we're oh. adults now, but I would say that it's formed our opinions of relationships and mm-hmm. family. And so, yeah. does it stop it? It formed yeah, not really in different ways. You just learn how to cope with it Adapt. better when you're more educated about it and can look at it from a clear perspective. And having a fully matured brain and being removed, all of that has such a big difference. But, yeah, I think it's still still something that you battle sometimes Mm -hmm. and something that's always there. 100%. 100%. I don't think that leaves. But But it can also, it can teach you. It can what not to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about what you take from it. So, you know, like like, we were talking about one of them graduating high school. Like maybe mm -hmm. there is some motivation there and to -hmm. turn their life around and... And like you were talking about yeah. different parenting styles from their great grandmother to their mother, mm-hmm. um, even just with our parents and being in different relationships, they adapted different parenting styles. So yeah, that's it's not yeah. kids need stability. They and do. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there was a lot of stability here. And it's confusing. Hold on. So if you think about it too, so their mom is gone, obviously, um, in a tragic way. Their great grandma. The odds of her still being alive, you by know, the time they're out slim especially. to none. Right by the time they're out. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm trying to think when they're out. Who do they have? I wonder if they have anyone in their family that's going to be there for them, or are they going to walk out with zero dollars to their name? Zero support system. No support. No guidance. No transition. We don't do that. We just go from prison to free. So what are they going to do? And how easy would it be for them to fall right back into Mm -hmm. bad habits? Well, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I know there are programs out there for in transition. I don't know know if Georgia has them. I would hope we do. I hope so. But they're still limited on what they can provide because essentially you're no longer their concern. Right. I know there's private um, companies that do that. But charities, and you still have to go you know exactly you have to want to do it. you yeah. have to go and just not turn me. yourself in but hey hi i need mm-hmm. some help yeah and it doesn't it's it hard like to ask for they help felt yeah. they did anything <laughs> wrong yeah, there was never fair. there was never remorse there was That's never i'm sorry true. it was okay fine we did it but like, like she, she pissed us off because she asked us to get up in the morning. You guys aren't going away. This isn't going away. So right. I guess we'll talk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sick of her that's shit. That's the part you know, that's hard for me is that yeah. they're just, it was never like, damn, we feel bad. Like yeah. we really messed like, up. Like the moment. We done oh it. shit, right. we fucked up. Right. I'm so sorry. We just killed my mom. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was none of that. It was like, fine, you got me. Yeah. That's what. like that. That's what hurts the most is that when you have someone that loves you and like, yes, shit happens, accidents happen, right. anger gets away from you. Mm-hmm. I can kind of understand that. Yeah. You can understand where yeah. it comes from, even but, if you can't understand the level yeah, of it. Absolutely. But to just be so cold hearted to stab your mother 80 times, leave her in a bathtub, mm-hmm. clean up, go to fucking school I and know. act like nothing happened. Yes. And then you get home and you 
pretend you found your mom. And 80 times the physical strength yeah. that it takes. Let's just assume they didn't have the piece. physical strength. They had the fucking anger That's behind it. Yes. Yes. They you didn't get have, tired yeah. at a certain yeah. point. Like you can't just keep even going. anger so that, driven. That motion you get tired. didn't stop. There was mm-hmm. no point of like, oh shit, this is bad or this is wrong. It would just no, no insanity. Crazy. I hope for the best. I hope I that do too. with all this time to reflect that they can. They're not a lost cause. They're no. nobody's writing them off. You know, cause, right? yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know. I, I, I nobody. But <laughs> most people aren't a lost <laughs> cause. <laughs> we don't use um, all or nothings here. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, would, I mean, I would hope that when they get release, mm-hmm. that they have changed. Yes. And that they can be a member they of have society, a functioning member mm-hmm. of society. Yep. yep. I would. I truly hope that they can be. I don't. For their sake want and everyone else's. To, right. to be mm-hmm. in prison forever. Now, obviously, if you deserve to be in prison right. forever, you do. Right. I mean, there's people out there, Ted Bundy's, Dahmer's, right. the, of the world, that deserve to mm-hmm. never see the light of day again. Yep. But at some point, you know, we're not. You got figure out where's that line yep. of who can be rehabilitated. And that's what's so hard. It is. It is. It. It's, it's impossible. impossible. It's, it's not just hard. Exactly. It's impossible. And exactly. everyone's going to have their opinions. And, everybody, you know, it's, but it's like assholes. You can't get it right. An opinion about it. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> AB I had ca- to finish her drink. Almost swallow. didn't make it through that yeah. one. <laughs> she was mid-swallow. <laughs> the, the mic almost but don't wore sh- that one. <laughs> Well, this has been fun, guys. This was a, um, yes. it's a, it's a little gruesome, but it's not too heavy the first time. I mean, it was fun. But you know, if you're going to dive in, dive in with both feet, you know, yeah. for sure. For sure. And we're going to, you know, we're we'll gonna get, some we'll get better out. At we're gonna, over time. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't hate us. Give us a chance. Yeah, yeah because we, we care about feedback this. So is, we can learn. Yeah. Absolutely. When we set up the platform for you to do so, when k right up now the platform you just, for yeah. us to do so. <laughs> right now you just scream at your phone. Yeah. These idiots. Ho- hopefully we'll be on Apple uh, Podcasts. Yes. Oh, Spotify, so hopefully. Nice. Whenever you guys listen so, to this, maybe we'll be there. Yeah. Maybe even find us See like you a there. sponsor or two, an ad or two. Anybody out there? Hello? We, we will Anybody? focus on some Georgia-based <laughs> crimes, but we will extend out to Absolutely. all over the place. It's just, that's our home, you know? It is. So, yeah. Hence the peaches. So, you know, in the meantime, uh, what should they do there, Arnie? Stay rotten, you rotten peaches. See, we'll get better at that too. (laughs) It'll be seamless next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.